let me tell you uh, quickly about Not Free America. This is a uh, this is a new book that is out, and uh, Stu has it. He's been he, he's been highlighting because it's got a lot of great great ideas and great phrases that we should we should know yeah uh about 90 percent of americans were under shutdown orders at one point and uh, he goes on uh mike donovan uh, the author uh goes on to talk about how just as we're emerging from those restraints mandatory curfews were implemented in cities across the country due to non-peaceful protesting and civil unrest brought about by the murder of george floyd should this have been a surprise not at all Humans are defined by the, not the crisis they endure, but how they respond and overcome. Mm. When individuals exercising liberty respond to crisis, we win. Notfreeamerica.com. Get the book. Look at the pledge. Take the pledge with your family, especially over the holiday weekend. Uh, it's just really appropriate on Thanksgiving to uh, talk about freedom. Notfreeamerica.com. Hello, America. What do you say we unite? Let's all unite. Can't we all unite? No, not really. No. Uh, We can't unite unless we have some principles that will unite us. Otherwise, it's just called submission. And I'm, well, I'll submit to God, but really no one else. Okay, my wife. Okay, this list is getting too long already. We have to have principles that bring us together. That's what we're missing. Right now, we have people trying to shut people up. We have a press that nobody even believes. How do you get to the truth? How do you find these principles again? Cheryl Atkinson is with us in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, they say the devil is in the details. Oh, boy, aren't they right. Anyway, um, it's nothing truer than in the timeshare uh, game. Uh, You're one of those people who has uh, gotten stuck in a timeshare. (laughs) Yeah, that Mai Tai was good, wasn't it? Oh, you had to sit there and listen to that guy blather on. You would have chewed you would have you would have chewed your own arm off just to get out of there. Uh, but you didn't. You, instead, you bought a timeshare and now you're paying the ridiculous maintenance fees. You probably couldn't book anything, uh, the, you know, this year. You were probably having before this year trouble getting it when you wanted. I have good news. If you want to get out, there is a timeshare termination team and they are waiting to hear from you. They can legally get you out of your timeshare and they have a 100 percent guarantee that 100 percent of the people that they will take as clients get out. So it's it's just a matter of time and will. Do you want to get out? Because these people will do it. Timeshare termination team. Call them now. Get the process started. 888-438-8688. Don't get stuck with another year of timeshare that you won't use and maintenance fees. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare right now. 888-438-8688. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Cheryl Atkinson. 
She's an investigative reporter, host of Full Measure with Cheryl Atkinson, and uh, she is the author of a new book that comes out next week called Slanted. It's always an honor to have you on, Cheryl. So happy to be here. Thanks, Glenn. Now, you're a professional journalist, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. Uh, And I'm maybe not as professional. Uh, because I know if I would come on your show, you would have read my book. And I like to hold to that standard, but I am coasting right now <laughs> until Thanksgiving. And, okay. and I'm going to go read your book next week because I have it. I just haven't done it. And I am going to read it because I think you are fantastic. So I had two ways to play this. I could be honest, but you'd know. And then we just, <laughs> we both deny the reality. Uh, or I could tell you up front and you could convince me and the rest of America how good this book is, even though I'm going to read it next week anyway. That is, the latter is the best course of action considering the disclosures you've just made. Yeah. So <laughs> this is one of the first times that you will hear anyone talking to or with a journalist and it's real it's open and it's honest what is going on and is it is it too late to turn things around with journalism and these media organizations well obviously there are two ways we can go where we find ourselves today is the end of a long line of manipulation and control and propagandists who have wormed their way into pretty much every facet of our information landscape I talk a lot, of course, how they've gotten their nose under the tent at news organizations. I'm talking corporate and special interests. Um, in my first books, we talked about how they could get their talking points and their propaganda shaped. You know, they could shape what we report on the news and what we don't report on the news. And then we evolved to where we have then we've now hired these people. They are us. They work in the newsrooms. Mm-hmm. We don't just take their advice and take what they push out. They have become us. And in Slanted, I talk a lot about how, you know, sort of the next evolution of this, polls used as narratives to shape public opinion rather than accurately measure it. I take a deep dive into that. And I talk about what I think, Glenn, is the most dangerous thing we're seeing today, and that is the social media internet censorship under the guise of these fake fact checks. And I really dig into what's behind that in the book Slanted. But, Uh, okay, I heard. I I know you're going to read it anyway. Yeah. But the best part about the book, I think, is I spoke to some of them named, some of them not named in the book. Probably the biggest group anybody's ever used, maybe this is the only book like it, of current and former top executives, reporters, and producers Mm. at NBC, ABC, CBS, people that worked at 60 Minutes, CNN, where I used to work when it was a news organization, (laughs) MSNBC. And you'll be shocked to hear they agree with you and I about a lot of these problems you know, the death, the death of the news as we once knew it. But they they say they're for freedom of press. They say they're for the truth. But I don't see anything that recognizes the truth. And I I just heard I think it was the New York Times podcast or might have been NP. I think it was NPR's uh, morning brief podcast yesterday, day before. And they said uh, Donald Trump is lying about the election. It has been absolutely proven that there were there was no voter fraud and i thought 
okay, there might not have been, but it hasn't been proven that there wasn't. Uh, we're in the we're in the midst of that right now. If I would have said it's absolutely proven that there was voter fraud, I can't say that they ban me. They do everything they can, but they don't even seem to recognize that they are the ones who think they're the authority on absolutely everything. And they're banning anyone who disagrees with them. Or the, the worst part is with what happened with Hunter Biden. They just deemed it not important. And so they never covered it. And it was a cabal. Well, this is all part of the plan because newsrooms are no longer populated um, oftentimes with journalists who are trying to report facts accurately and fairly, they're, they're populated with propagandists who are trying to convince you something, oftentimes things that aren't true, such as the discussion about fraud. And I watched, you know, how would we have covered this election if we had a neutral press? It would have looked completely different because we were told in 2016 that the Russians, the Chinese, et cetera, would interfere again in 2020. We knew there were domestic actors who did so and have never been punished, punished or held accountable. So a neutral press would have been on alert and on the ground looking for evidence, whether it was evidence of, um, you know, misdeeds on either side. And instead, we sat back, you know, collectively and deemed the election once it looked like Donald Trump would lose based on those after election counts. We deemed it to be fair and free of fraud without even looking and then, you know, once we said there was no evidence of fraud, and I talk and slanted about the propaganda phrase without evidence and how it's been weaponized yeah. against one side. Yeah. But we first said there was no evidence of fraud, which is silly because, of course, there is. You know, how big is the fraud is the question. There are always dead people who vote, et cetera. But, you know, the journalists were acting as though the evidence was going to come up, knock on the door and present itself. Or the, the guilty parties, when asked, would say, oh, you caught me. I did it. And short of that, we're just deeming that nothing was amiss. And then after claiming there was no fraud, when some fraud appeared, the press narrative, as the propagandists tried to define the terms we would talk about, said, well, there was no widespread fraud. And suddenly that was the bar that we had to meet. And then as evidence, and I've been watching this, I hadn't commented really until now about, you know, evidence of fraud, but I've now seen what I would say is quite a bit of evidence of fraud or alleged fraud, credible evidence and sworn affidavits and videos and so on. Now the, the whole narrative is, well, it wouldn't have made a difference. These aren't enough votes. So you know, they keep changing to suit the narrative they want people to think about. But we're smarter than that. So there's this cognitive dissonance when we hear this on the news. So what is their plan going forward? I mean, you know, the Durham report, I don't think that's coming out because word is that Durham has enough, but he's not going to do anything because he's worried about blowback with Biden. Uh, there, there, I mean, there's no chance of anything being corrected without a media that is standing up for what is truly right and wrong, no matter who does it. You know, justice is blind. The media is in the bag. How, how do we how do we function and 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 how do we go from here? Well, I think it's a great question. I have often wondered if it's gone too far, where even if a majority of the public feels differently or feels like the way you're describing, is there anything they can do about it in this controlled environment? And I do believe there is. And I think we're seeing hints of that 
with um, people turning away from Twitter, speaking out about it and joining Periscope, which may seem like a small thing. But this is a way when people are offered an option and there are people in the technical world trying to create alternatives that aren't censored where we can get free information and access to studies they don't want us to see or certain opinions. There are people working on this problem. And I do think there are tens of millions of people out there who want a solution and aren't Mm -hmm. aren't going to give up. So I I don't know what form it takes ultimately, but I hope, I do hope people keep pushing for truth and facts. And with the Durham report and Barr, I mean, I can only conclude that by design, somebody didn't want anything to happen because it was critical if that was going to be addressed, the abuses of 2016 by government officials in some cases who are still employed there, that had to be addressed before the 2020 election or else we were basically saying there's no punishment for interfering with politics and our elections and doctoring documents and so on. It and is when nothing happened before 2020. That's what I can only conclude is that was the plan. Uh, well, I will tell you that I think it was in August that Bill Barr came out and said there will be indictments. There will be things we have. Uh, we have a lot of evidence that shows some people did some really bad things. And then it just went radio silent in right. September and then nothing, nothing. And it makes one wonder, see, this is the problem. Conspiracy right. theories come when someone is trying to suppress information or can't come up or won't let you question things that may have a very logical explanation, but they they shout your question down or they avoid your question or they call you names because you ask a question. When you can't ask questions, people go to conspiracy theories. So the press is is part of the disease it's not a symptom donald trump was a symptom the press i think is part of the disease i agree and i think what we've found because of that is a crisis in confidence among the public in all of our institutions which has brought us to a really weird point people don't have trust in the department of justice in the media in our politicians in our elections it's getting where they trust little of everything and then those who are mistrusted turn around and say you're crazy conspiracy theorists without seeming to understand their own role in creating this environment. And one really simple, obvious example is the government telling us don't wear masks. They don't work. Don't buy them. You're, you're un-American if you wear them. And then turning around and saying, do wear masks. You're unpatriotic. If you don't, they work. And then looking at the public, many of whom then are confused as to which was the lie And they tell the public, you're crazy for being confused. And again, this just creates this atmosphere and it builds upon itself of mistrust and everything we're told. And the fact that you said this is the most dangerous part. They now, they, the collective they, are censoring the mere question, the mere allegation, the mere opinion, the mere looking into something and and making it controversial or making it where it cannot be heard. And this is so dangerous that you can't even express a skepticism, a suspicion, a rational question about things if they don't want you to ask it because it falls against their interests. It's, it's awful. Well, I don't know if you've been following uh, the uh, news about the Great Reset, um, but uh, this is something that is not a conspiracy theory. Whether it happens or not is still yet to be seen, but global governments are positioning with the World Economic Forum, and it's all on their website. There are videos about it. There's, I mean, they are very open about resetting capitalism to what they call shareholder capitalism. 
I would describe that more of a capitalistic system on a global scale like China. But maybe I'm wrong. But the way they describe it on their own website is not an American system. The New York Times came out because the Great Reset was uh, was uh, trending this weekend because it was used by Justin Trudeau over the weekend. Uh, a video was released of something he said a few months ago, and it started to trend. The New York Times just came out with an article that said this is all a conspiracy theory that there's a cabal of people. I didn't. Th- I don't think there's a cabal. It's it's people who think they know what's right, along with the economic, the World Economic Forum. They are pushing for something they think is right. They're doing it out in the open. There's no secret cabal. All the people involved are on the website, including John Kerry. I mean, it's there. But they discredit it and they think that's enough. Is it enough or is this going to blow back in their face? Well, I think what we found with the propaganda campaign like no other that we saw against President Trump by some members of his own party, by his enemies and by the media, and yet he still improved his number of votes by the millions this time, which I think terrified his enemies to see, even though they say he lost. And the fact that tens of millions of people, including African-Americans and other minorities and gays and lesbians and Latinos, voted in greater numbers for Donald Trump shows that there are a large segment, a lar- there is a large segment of the population that resists this sort of propaganda and sees it for what it is, maybe wonder what they can do about it, but they see it. And, you know, there's, there's a chapter in Slanted you're going to love that's about the devolution of the New York Times specifically, once one of the most well-respected news organizations on the planet. And I talked to some New York Times insiders who are appalled as we are to see this really once great paper just turn into this rag of narratives and right. false information. It's just really a shocking so, development so in journalism. Let me go there. I'm going to take a one-minute break, and then we'll be back. Cheryl Atkis- Atkinson, uh, she is uh, an investigative reporter. She does full measure with Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, she is the author of Slanted, the new book, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. More with her in just a minute. All right, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. So good. Now, I'm a rancher, okay? I, I, we eat our own beef that we raise. And uh, don't tell the cows that or they'll turn on us. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how Omaha Steaks, it's like witchcraft. I don't know how they make They know make. what they're doing. That's the secret here. The secret sauce, the secret saying, formula is they understand how to do it. You're saying you a guy mm-hmm. who doesn't know anything about how to grow anything? Right. Yes, I'm thinking that maybe you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and they, you know, maybe wow. get the best. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have good ranchers around me, man, I'd be dead oh, within yeah. a week. Toast. Anyway, uh, they're perfectly aged. 100% American grain-finished steaks. The, uh, the, uh, the ultimate in tenders. You can really cut them with a fork. It's amazing. Uh, they're also very, very flavored because they, they have aged them just the right amount of time. Now, they are also uh, throwing in four mouth-watering burgers, so you're not only going to get the great four perfectly aged steaks, you're going to get four burgers, eight boneless chicken breasts, eight gourmet jumbo franks, plus eight scalloped potatoes, and eight uh, caramel uh, apple tartlets. 
really, really good. Plus, you get uh, signature seasoning, and uh, I think you also get a thermometer for free. Oh, if you use the promo code BACK, you're going to get additional burgers, four of them, and the, uh, the digital thermometer. Perfect for a Christmas gift. I think it's better as a gift for yourself. But if you want to be magnanimous and send it to somebody else, Omaha Steaks ship directly to your doorstep. World's greatest steaks, premium meats, easy meals, everything you need. Stock up yourself or give a gift that people really will not forget. Get a jump start on gift shopping with Omaha Steaks today. All back with a 100% money back guarantee. OmahaSteaks.com. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter the promo code back. OmahaSteaks.com. Promo code back. 10 seconds. Station ID. We're talking to Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, she is the author of a brand new book, comes out next week, called Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. And I want to get to that title here in a second. But tell me, we don't hear from those people uh, at the New York Times. We, we don't hear from them. We don't see them walking out uh, en masse. What's happening there? Well, we, those of us who see what's going on and want to do something about it, are becoming outnumbered and actually, quite frankly, bullied by those who now are in the business who are narrative pushers and propagandists and simply say the word racist or whatever they want to say, me too, or sexist, to silence those who have alternative viewpoints on these things. You could see this in the leaked transcript of the New York Times staff meeting that was published maybe a year and a half ago after a series of debacles that I go into in my book, where, you know, how would you like to be somebody, if you read this transcript about the crazy thoughts they have, what the, news, what the goal of the New York Times is, you know, pushing certain narratives, how would you like to be the one or two who differs? And you're going to be called every name in the book if you stand up and speak, and nobody did. Mm. Okay, uh, more in just a second. Slanted is the name of the book. I want to go to just the title because I find it fascinating how news media taught us to love censorship. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I was telling you about steaks a few minutes ago. And look at me. You do not get a body like this without really working for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this has taken me hours at McDonald's. Uh, a lot more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm? A lot, significantly more. So I got myself a rec tech because mm. I obviously love good food mm-hmm. and McDonald's. Yeah. Don't want to make sure <laughs> yeah, that those are in mm-hmm. separate mm-hmm. categories. Uh, so I got a rec tech and there is nothing better to grill or smoke in. It is, it's fantastic. It has, it's a smart grill. So, so it has smart grill technology uh, and make sure that everything is just right heat sensors that go into whatever you're cooking you can make a pizza in this thing you could you could smoke a turkey in this i mean it it's fantastic grilling in the 21st century with a bang follow Rectech and compare them a b compare them to the best ones out there you, you won't find a better one Rectech r-e-c-t-e-q dot com Rectech.com. 
Seems like a good idea and time to join Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn and save 30 bucks. So there's a new book coming out. It is released next week, but it's available for pre-order now. If you're looking for a gift to give somebody who thinks like us, um, a favorite family member gift or even a gift for yourself uh, for Christmas, this is it. It is a really good. Uh, I can't speak from uh, current experience, experience. I can speak for past experience. You are telling the truth when it comes to how the media and how our information is getting to us uh, in a way that nobody else either cares or has the courage to do. Uh, And I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, The name of the book is Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. And I want to stop there. The news media taught us to love censorship? Well, it's quite brilliant if you think about it. I started tracing this in The Smear, the last book, and I finish in this one. But in 2016... Prior to 2016, it may be hard to remember, there was no movement or public sentiment saying, please curate our information and fact check it and censor it and tell us what to think. This was unheard of. And as I said, this was started with a speech President Obama gave at Carnegie Mellon in 2016 that suggested, and I remember hearing it thinking, what? That suggested somebody needed to step step in and curate our information on the internet in this wild, wild west media environment. And I'm thinking, well, nobody has ever asked for that. And pretty soon, David Brock of Media Matters took credit Hmm. for convincing Facebook to do the first, what I call fake fact checks of information to try to shape public opinion. And it took off from there, but they had to convince us that we wanted it. They had to create a market for it. They couldn't just force it down our throat. So there was a lot of propaganda to insist that all of this fake news, which was a liberal invention before Donald Trump took it over, but that we were all being victimized by fake news and that someone needed to step in and, and help us out and make sure we didn't see certain studies and opinions and viewpoints. But again, this is a relatively new phenomenon, and I, I don't think your listeners literally love censorship. No. But they have convinced us as a population to sort of embrace and tolerate these you know, fact checks and whatever you want to call them, the curating, the media literacy efforts and so on, which I think are extremely dangerous. You know, if they if they believed uh, and I always come back to Thomas Jefferson, he said, trust the American people. Uh, they'll most likely get it wrong from time to time, but they will figure it out in the end and correct their mistakes. Uh, and I don't think anybody in power believes in the American people anymore. Uh, and so they they go and they censorship because we're too we're just too stupid to figure it out. I well, think may I, may, I dif- may I differ a bit? Yes. I think that they worry that we're not stupid. They worry that we're going to form the conclusion if we hear certain information that they don't want us to have and they can't let that happen. And I I saw that in, that you know sentiment inside newsrooms where People were starting to censor certain stories because they didn't like the takeaway they thought people would have if they heard all the information, just the facts. So, well, I think that's, that's even that's even more evil. And you, so, you think that's the prevailing uh, attitude? 
Well, and I think that's why we're seeing the censorship in social media and the Internet. It's not to protect us. It's not really to sort through what's false. It's to try to keep us from seeing fulsome information on things that certain political and corporate interests don't want us to see. So you have we we, if if they believed in the free press and they thought, you know, some people may not want to see these things, you would just release your algorithm and allow us to adjust it. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. I, you know, that's 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 the way you do it. What they're actually saying is, if you think about it, the people at Twitter, the nameless, faceless people, for example, at Twitter and Facebook who censor information, who are in no position to be experts on any of these things that they are claiming to be, you know, expert over. What they're saying is they have the information. They want to be able to see it. They have seen it. They just don't want you to see it. And, and that's the problem. They don't trust you to make the same sorts of decisions and judgments that they made because you might not make the right ones or the ones they want you to make. So... Cheryl, can you look into, I hate to ask you to do this, but can you look into the future? Because I can't tell you, I mean, I have members of my own family who said, say, you're freaking out about nothing. Nobody is going to be censoring. You're not going to be, you know, thrown down a rabbit hole. I, I believe there's a good shot that in a year or two, uh, if that, it would start with the pressure, just like they've learned with the uh, media matters, a pressure on our sponsors uh, to drive them all away. OK, as long as we have the audience, we're set for that because we have a subscription uh, service. Um, but they're going to just keep battling and battling and wearing us down. And if you have control of the FCC, you know, depending on how radical they want to get, they could shut voices down. Do do you Absolutely. see that coming? Yes. I mean, I see that we're already there in many respects. And Adam Carolla, the entertainer, spoke of this with me in a the last couple of weeks. You can see that segment at fullmeasure.news, the replay. But he's a Hollywood guy, stand-up comic and so on, who said he saw this cancel culture coming where people were going to be bullied and not he saw a future where he wasn't going to be able to work in Hollywood in the traditional mm-hmm. sense because he speaks his mind and doesn't go along with the narratives. So he created this bubble. I mean, I think to some degree you've, you've done that or tried to do that where he's outside of the ability to be canceled. Like mm-hmm. the way he, he has his own, he owns his studio. He produces his own films. He doesn't rely on the platforms where he can be deplatformed and canceled. And, you know, people are looking more and more for ways to do that. That's why Rumble and Parler and these, you know, alternate tech platforms are, I think, increasing in popularity or at least interest. Well, we are the Blaze, which I created for this time. I just found out yesterday. We are the largest subscription, right-leaning uh, subscription uh, company in the world, uh, which is shocking to me uh but it has been as long as we have the audience but the way these algorithms work and the way they're they're starting to talk about you know lists and everything else that'll freak people out you, i mean you're already on a list if you're listening you're already on a list right. um but the, the pressure that is going to come if these radicals actually take charge is terrifying. 
Well, you know, just I think people need to remember and take heart in the fact that as much as if you live inside the box, I call the Internet, it's so controlled. The whole goal of some of the propagandists is to make you believe you're an outlier when you're not. Yes. For holding certain views and thoughts. So keep heart that you aren't an outlier in a lot of these respects. I mean, I'm talking to your listeners and that tens of millions of people, if you look at the last election, probably have the same sense you do about these things. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be pretty hard, I think, to take tens of millions of people and cancel them or convince them, you know, that there's an alternate reality that exists online that's not really true. I think they they live outside the box and they see a lot more of what's going on. Can we spend a couple of minutes and just talk about the election? How is is Biden going to be the next president? Is, do you think there's enough there to uh, change the result or to question the result with real impact? Well, from what I've seen, um, and I have tried to do some deep diving into this in the past week or so when I can, um, I would say there is enough to question significant numbers of votes and how this occurred. Whether anything can be done about it, you know, I don't have a lot of faith and confidence regardless of the evidence because let's look at my, my own lawsuit against the government for spying. I have a whistleblower admitting it. I have forensic evidence. Yeah, it doesn't no. matter. Donald Trump may know or some of the people surrounding him may have evidence of, as they do, allegations, sworn affidavits, videos, and so on, credible claims of wrongdoing involving thousands of ballots. I don't know how you go back and write that, meaning R-I-G-H-T, make that yeah. right. I don't know how you get the people who are against you, and he's surrounded by people who aren't really mm-hmm. on his side. Yep. You know, it requires them to go along. It would require some court to agree. It would require Republicans in states to help him that may not want to help him. So, you know, my skepticism lies in the fact that I think it's pretty clear we had widespread improprieties, let's say that. But as to whether anything can be done about it, you know, I think that's that's sort of a long shot. Sadly, Cheryl, thank you so much. Thank you for your continued uh, stand, uh, for your logic and your willingness to uh, look at all sides and just follow the track wherever it may lead. Thank you. Appreciate well, it. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. The name of the book is Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. She's actually going to be doing a podcast with me uh, shortly after uh, the holidays. So I wanted to save reading it so I had all new stuff to talk to her about in the podcast. By the way, so responsible. If you are, thank you. If you are, uh, <laughs> if you are a fan of the podcast, I think I did my favorite podcast uh, two days ago with Douglas Murray. Really? Uh, this guy is, he is terrifying and inspiring. There, there were times, but probably three times in that podcast where he just, and I think it's because I pissed him off. I think I, because I was playing devil's advocate to him and, uh, and I don't know if he thought I was serious or not, uh, but I was playing devil's advocate and I was pushing him. Yeah, but people are tired. If Donald Trump can't do it, who can do it? Uh, and he just launched into some of the most powerful Martin Luther King empowerment speeches i've ever heard and just off the top of his head you don't want to miss that it's available today at blaze tv.com it'll be available saturday 
for the rest of the general public. Uh, but uh, go to the blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn and you'll save, uh, I don't know, just truckloads of money. Let me tell you about Goldline. We have to have money left to be able to rebuild. And if we are all counting on the almighty U.S. dollar, ain't going to have a lot of money left. They are debasing this thing and the dollar's value is falling. Now, they're telling you now that the stock market's going to go up to 40,000. I think that's probably right. Uh, I talked about it three years ago, that it's headed for a melt up. That is a real term, a melt up. It rockets up and then crashes down. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know. Don't take investment advice from me. But I will tell you to prepare yourself for a time that, d- that doesn't look at all like this. Call Goldline. Gold or silver. It's right for my family. It may be for yours. If you buy gold, you can receive some free holiday silver that is great to give to the grandkids. They're, they're real solid silver coins. Um, you'll get them free with your purchase. And they've got Santa and the snowman and everything else. Make sure you sign up for Goldline's weekly market email updates. Ask them about it. It's free. It's informational. And it'll help you keep connected to what's really going on. Call 866-GOLDLINE. 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 Or goldline.com. This is the Glenbeck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have this podcast coming up with Douglas Murray. He's the guy, the spectator guy? Yeah, he runs the spectator in, in, the, UK. in the UK, which is very conservative, mm-hmm. but our kind of conservative. And uh, he, you know, I, I, I'm always hesitant on people from Europe or from the United Kingdom who talk about conservatives because sometimes their conservative is a little different. It can be a little bit, yeah, yeah. out of our, it's not the same. Mind comps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm always a little. Uh, that's not conservative here, but the, yeah. in some places that's uh, that is that in, yeah. in the European scale. Because the European scale is just big government on both sides. So uh, I'm talking to him and I started the interview with, so where are we as a nation? Because I knew he had just come back from a tour of America and if you like Daniel Hannon, mm. he's very Daniel Hannon. And he sees and says things that are pretty harsh about America and what we're going through. But coming from an outsider, it means more because he also loves this country. And uh, he said, I was just there for three months. He said, I don't know how you get how you untangle yourself from this without war. He said, I'm really concerned about your country. He said, I've been coming, you know, every five years or so for a long time. And he said, I just love you. And he said, I'm sitting at dinner tables all across the country in America and families won't talk to each other. And he said, it's not about politics. It's about facts. You don't have the same storylines anymore. And uh, we talked a little bit about what's going on in France and happening around the world with the same kind of stuff. And he said, no, 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 no. It's not the same stuff. 
He said, you guys are unique in the world. He said, and uniquely bad. He said, first of all, all this bad stuff, it's coming from you guys. It's being shipped out from you to other countries. And uh, he said, but what France has, what England has, is they just want a Marxist France. They don't hate France. They love France. He said the Marxists are actually standing up against the Islamists who are trying to tear down the statues. Mm. He said it's it's not the same. They respect their history. They love their nation, but they right. want to you know have a socialist governmental Correct. structure. He said you guys have Marxists and people in your own government that despise your nation mm. and want to erase everything. And he goes into our responsibilities as citizens in a very stirring way, very Daniel Hannon, uh, and talks about how we can solve it and the urgency that we have to have. You can find this podcast if you're a Blaze subscriber. Go to Glenn Beck Podcast at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Program.